Hey, audiences and other people who are listening tonight or today or this morning or whenever you're listening to this, this is Hyrus Hollywood, the podcast where we pitch ideas for the shows that Hollywood should be making. I'm Diana, and then you just heard Jackie's lovely voice, and we are the hosts of this podcast. Um, as your typical millennials, we do love to talk about ourselves and we love to share fun facts. So our fun fact for Jackie today is that Jackie loves Harry Potter and she thinks that she's a Hufflepuff. And I've said this a million times that she's not one. She's a Gryffindor because she's a crazy person. And like half the time I'm talking to her, she's like, oh, I'm just like calm and meek and blah, 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 Hufflepuff. But then she's always ready to pack her bags and move across the country because she needs to go visit like a computer museum because it's got something cool in it and it's just she's a wild woman don't let her fool you she is brave and a Gryffindor through and through thank you you know I would like to say thank you very much Diana you paint a very lovely picture of me and for my fun fact for Diana is that not only is she a go-getter she makes the money move um but when she was in college uh she made like concerts happen and it was like weren't you the one who like stumbled upon Teddy Geiger but you guys used your money and funds for other things and now that's continued on into the present where you just make things happen and like Stephanie hosts the events that you always find online I don't know what the second part of that sentence means, but yes, in college, we I was in the college activity board and we threw concerts. And at one of the places where you go to like be like, oh, bring this person to your campus, Teddy Geiger was performing and we're like, this is fun, but no one will show up to this. So instead, we brought Childish Gambino to our school and it was a lot more fun. Um, and yeah, and now I come up with stupid party ideas and I make them happen at my friend Stephanie's house. Last year, we did Cinco de Murder, which is a murder mystery on Cinco de Mayo. And they're all, and you have to admit that you're photoshops. Oh, yeah. The decorator. I took one graphic design class in college. I'm giving every single penny from it. And now we're going to introduce to you one of our favorite people, really one of our favorite people, Phil. And Phil, you're going to get this nice treatment of also getting fun facts. And of all the fun facts for Phil, I could actually make a podcast about it and it wouldn't be enough. But I'm going to go with something that's like very straightforward, that Phil got a double P when he was in, uh, when he went to school at Iowa, he got a degree in philosophy and physics. And he threw down the most epic of the June 6th of 2006 party. I, I do enjoy a little satanic worship in my time. It's very fun for me, yes. And my favorite fun fact about Phil is that when he worked at the fruit stand with us, he taught me that you could take um, shots of vodka through your eyeball. And I remember it was like, <laughs> like it's just a quiet night. And he was like, did you know you could take shots of, of vodka through your eyeball? And I learned that. And then I looked up a YouTube video later and it scared me. And that's it. Yeah, I would like to think that some of the life lessons I've taught you are things not to do in your life because, uh, yeah, there's some very scary things involving Russians out there. Oh, that is super true. 110%. We do not need a Cold War movie to prove that. (laughs) And Diane and I are, are literally in the dark on the edge of our seats. But Phil, what was the idea that you're bringing today? So my inspiration is really kind of coming from one of the episodes that you did last season. And it just really made me think a lot around like what we're missing from TV for this generation, for your generation, really. Like, you know, people would debate that I'm a millennial and I would fight that with everything that I have. But 
when you really kind of pitched Drama Llama and the hypocritical hippopotamus, what that really called out to me is that what is this going to be this generation's friends, right? Like, because there's been so many things since then that have played off of it from, you know, how I met your mother to the new girl to everything, but what will be this generation's friends? And to me, I thought, well, if I was going to make a movie about a group of friends or a TV show about a group of friends, what would I really want to focus on? And I think that a lot of things these days just wouldn't necessarily fit in kind of like your standard, you know, two, like, you know, let's have an apartment and an apartment and everything pretty much takes place there. So my inspiration for this TV show is what if you had a group of friends that did a lot of drugs together and in the show, you don't know what is reality and what's in their imagination. And that just kind of opens up this whole world of almost giving you the ability to do an animated show with real people. Um, so like, if I may throw out a few things that I just like, I, that's come to mind that like would inspire me about this, right? Like um, in one episode, because, uh, because they're at a bar and they're drinking at a bar and all of a sudden there's a robot at the bar and the robots are drinking at the bar as well. And then the cops bust in and the car- cops start to harass the robot and so they, the friends go over and they try to bust this up and be like, they're filming it and they're recording it. And they're like, this is racial profiling. Like, you can't just come into this place and pick on the only robot in here. Like, you can't do that. That's profiling. And so then it turns out the robot is actually a genie and the robot like grants them wishes. But then instead of wishing for like normal things, they're wishing for like, you know, like I would think that a millennial given a genie would wish for like a high paying job and skills that could evolve over the next 40 years to have job security um you know i think they could wish for like you know like i think it'd be hilarious like just because friends is the standard there like if they wished for like a living space where you know hey we want to have living spaces where we can live forever and one of us just happens to have a really giant living room where we all hang out and it's never addressed why one apartment is so much bigger than the others even though they're all in the same building um and you know if i was gonna have a wish from a robot genie i would wish for the the robot genie to become my butler and just like have to hang out with us forever and go on these random hijinks. Honestly, Who would be there's... the voice of this butler? Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> In a oh my god. Robot butler Michael Sarah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I just and do you have a city that it's gonna take place out of? Um, I feel like for, you know, obviously like focusing on the millennial casting of it, you know, we'd want to go very diverse, you know, from all sorts of different backgrounds and, you know, kind of the way orientations in life. So like to me, maybe it's because I'm in Portland now, like Portland seems like it would stick out for that, but also maybe not quite big enough for all the types of hijinks you could get into. So maybe like a San Francisco might be a really good city for it. I mean, Seattle or San Francisco, then you have to be like rent control all that fun stuff with that giant apartment. It would make sense. That's mm-hmm. why you got the genie, yeah. Yeah, there's just so many, like, storylines that I think you could explore with, like, a group of friends. Like, to me, like, I think it'd be a really fun, like, almost kind of, like, Seinfeld take, if you would, where, like, the show's about nothing. And so it's like, what do you have that could tie this kind of group of friends together other than just kind of, like, living together and doing a lot and a lot of LSD? Um, what if they were in a band? And so, right, so that's kind of like what connects them. And they're these like really like super nerdy folks that are just in this band and they can't decide what type of music they want to play. 
So every week they're focusing on a different style of music, but they refer to that music as core every time. So, right. So you have like hardcore music, but they're doing like jazz core and Broadway musical core where they're just doing like really crazy renditions of all these different types, right? Acapella core. And it's like a Glee ripoff episode. And that would provide you opportunities for all sorts of cinematography, like you were alluding to, where it could be animated and you never know. It'd be like each show is filmed in the style of the music it is, like the music video. So you have like a really jazzy one with like smooth lights, but it's a little dark. And then you have like a really poppy one, all with like LED lights and things like that. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a dance episode every time. You got to get to it. K-pop episode. Oh, gosh, I listen to so much K-pop. You know, like there's like, and thinking of like different like bits and like just adventures for people to get into in this kind of like drug escapade. Like, I think it'd be really interesting to portray the characters as, you know, they all have jobs, they all go to their work on time, they work very hard, and then they just plan these like drug adventures for the weekend. And so they're going on these adventures, but they're we're portraying, you know, drug use in a very like adult way as it should be and not just like, oh, it's these stoner kids on the couch. Like, I think we should do it very respectable, very real life. And like, Hey kids, like you can have a job nine to five and you can still do drugs all weekend and it's okay. They and you can like be a special. band while doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the little bullet journals, it's like nine to five work after that band practice weekend drug trip. It's fun. Yep. Yeah. Very I professional. Just, I see kind of almost like a South Park opening where there's like the <clears throat> the message on South Park where it's talking about like, you know, everything's impersonated poorly and like, you know, don't take credit for any of this or whatever. And like, I just see like every episode starting with like a little like disclaimer warning, you know, like, you know, be responsible, have a friend watching over you if you're doing anything crazy, drink lots of water, you know, make sure you have a safety blanket, you know, drugs aren't cool, but doing drugs makes you cool. You know, that is very brilliant. It's like my phrase, shrugs, not drugs, but inverse. One of my favorite t-shirts I ever owned back in college was a t-shirt that said hugs and drugs. It's like the great Hannah Montana once said, best of both worlds. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could definitely see this kind of, like, this group, like, definitely doing, like, a weird cover of, like, Party in the USA. Like, that would have to happen. Yeah, I don't think that's optional. That could be a theme song, honestly, a remake. It really could be. Yeah. Ah, oh, and like with the theme song, like you could whatever, like the, pick the theme song and then each week it's done in a different musical style and it's the band like practicing that week for their gig or whatever on, you know, Saturday night. So they're playing in a different musical style and that way you can keep it like fresh. Are they a cover band that just covers music in different ways? Um, I I would say that like any good band that's like trying to be a band starting out definitely has covers that they're doing. Um, But, you know, I could see, you know, especially with like Michael Sarah as the robot butler slash genie, um, you know, he's a very talented bassist, like lyricist. So I I think he could actually contribute to the show and like they could work on some uh, original material for sure. And do you have people already cast other than Michael Sarah? I think that, well, a, I have a deep, deep love of Michael Sarah. Um, and he just needs to be in more things. But, you know, I think that it wouldn't be right to like pick specific people because like I look at 
you know, the, the sitcoms that we have and most of the folks that we have in sitcoms that we love, we didn't really know them before. You know, the sitcom was that place where we got to know and fall in love with them from friends to scrubs to how I met your mother. Um, you know, Neil Patrick Harris, notwithstanding they're kind of like, you know, these are the times when we actually got to meet and fall in love with them. So I, I would, especially for you, you know, your generation as the millennials, like I think it'd need to be very young up and coming actors and actresses and actor people. But I, I mean, if you true. throw Vin Diesel on the rock in there, I think it's going to make a billion dollars. So that's fair too. You also could just, if each episode is a little different, it could also just be like you're randomly replaced with somebody one week. So like one week, the scrawny kid is just Vin Diesel. And then the next week he goes back to being the scrawny adult who like also has scurvy. So like there's a lot of opportunity to get a lot of like very famous and like not so famous people in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, like some of the like just silly things that I was thinking of in this in terms of like, all right, like what could constitute a fun episode when there's almost a no rules to play with because you don't have to abide by this can happen in reality or not since, you know, assuming they're taking shrooms all day. Um, and like one of the things that I was thinking is like, what if they get into this weird idea in their head that intestines can let you fly because hot air should rise, but farts come down out of your butthole. And so they go on this like weird adventure to collect a bunch of intestines. And then it turns out intestines are purple. And so they make replicas of Eddie Murphy's, Eddie Murphy's purple suit from his <laughs> stand up. But the cool thing is that once they complete the suits, it gives them the power of flight. And so all of a sudden they're flying around going on magical adventures in these like, you know, raw suit replicas because who doesn't want a purple suit that could make you fly? I mean, no one. <laughs> like everyone should want one. Yeah. I think it'd be a really fun episode to like introduce maybe like telepathic powers into it for a little bit where like, you know, they do some weird thing where like, you know, they're like smoking out of a bong and they like put black cherry fresca in the bong and then it turns out that whoever smokes out of the bong, they can like talk to each other telepathically for like 24 hours. And so then it turns into this weird like kind of episode where they're talking on screen, but then there's subtitles and the subtitles are the separate conversations that are going on like inside their heads. I think that'd be really fun to kind of like break the fourth wall where you could actually do the episode and do like commentary on the episode at the same time. Do you see like a Bandersnatch episode? like a choose your own adventure like i definitely mm -hmm. i mean you know i think that's where like if it was if i was you know kevin feige of this and had all the money to throw at it i'd try and get everybody together and go on like an actual tour and just do it like do a live show where that way people could just like get into the you know sketch comedy side of it and like throw ideas out there right like take it on the take it on the road do an actual like second city tour of it we need to get more millennials into auditoriums watching live comedy. That's what I'm saying. I mean, things are better when you're sitting with other people. Like in a crowd, movies, concerts, theatrical performances. Heck yeah. One of the also, more recent concerts I went to here was filled with a bunch of people all worshipping the devil at the same time. And you know what? It just made me feel right at home. It was great. This also reminds me a little bit of Flight of the Concords, how with Flight of the Concords, you'd randomly get music videos that would break the fourth wall. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a huge Flight of the Concords fan. I think that's an influence in here. Um, you know, I think kind of like the sketch comedy side of like Curb Your Enthusiasm, I think would be really fun to play with too. Like have like a, an outline for it. 
but then just let people just kind of ramble and see where it goes. I just, I don't know. I feel like this idea, I want there to be an episode where they're just all puppets and there's no explanation <laughs> for it. <laughs> you just turn on and they're just puppets. And that's the great thing about it. Cause all you have to do in the beginning there is have them smoke a bunch of salvia. And then it makes perfect sense for everybody to think they're puppets for an episode. Like there's whenever, so much there. Whenever I hear salvia, I think of Miley Cyrus when she was all in the tabloids for smoking salvia. <laughs> She's like, it's not weed. It's salvia. It's legal. Oh, Miley. And I feel like this could also come along with an, like a, like a book encyclopedia of drugs just like you said, people can do more than one thing in their life and work more than just a nine to five. There's like a companion guide that comes with each season. Oh, yeah. You could get almost like a, like Barney's rule book from how I met your mother, mm -hmm. like, you know, companion guide to the show on how to do drugs and which drugs to watch on each episode, things like that. I thought it would be kind of interesting just because yet again, it's the silly things in your brain that make you happy um, to title the show. Uh, like something like adventure awaits just so that it could be AA. So you could tell people like, Oh yeah, it's time for AA. And then you sit down and watch the show. <laughs> oh my God. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm curious. What other ideas for like, what other adventures you have in mind for them going on? Like, is it going to be mostly their, their drug induced adventures or are they going to just get themselves into situations that become drug induced? They're like this ship, this trip to Costco sucks. And then they just like do drugs. I don't know. I think that's where kind of like the the idea of like it's a show about nothing kind of comes in like you know kind of Seinfeldian just everyday life and just like what it's like to be with your friends and how your friends talk to each other and yeah I mean I think that's kind of the glory of it is that you can have character development uh, you know you can have these people like start to build relationships and you know enjoy them as individual characters and build the drama and build the tension and then you know at any given moment like if you really want to you could be like all right, we're going to go on a hot air balloon race and all the hot air balloons are shaped like genitalia and it would just be fine in that world that they live in. Like, no one would question anything. They're like, yep, this checks out. It's also San Francisco, so, like, anything can happen. I feel like there's, like, an opportunity for somebody to be in Silicon Valley and either be, like, a really, really cool hardware engineer where, like, Michael Sarah's character is always sarcastic but also, like, gets genuinely a little impressed every now and then or that the person's like a user interface design. So like sometimes he has these like, he or she or they have like a very wacky design that they have to lay out on the table in the apartment that they have to work around where it's just like a board game. <laughs> yeah, I, that like, <laughs> you can see that with, you know, kind of this like, this robot butler slash genie slash snarky Michael Sarah, And then, you know, he's like a part of their life, but he's not really a part of their life. like. He's always trying to get like time off and stuff and they won't let him have holidays off because, well, it's a holiday and so you need your butler, but then they'll give him the next weekend off. So like, it'd be that kind of like that weird cousin that you don't actually like, but you hire because he's your cousin and you don't want him to starve. I think he could be the secret love of all the, he'd be the, he'd be the BB-8, like all the little kids would love the robot design, make him all cutesy and stuff. There hasn't been enough robot butlers because the only other one I can think of is like in the Jetsons Rosie and she was sort of rude. Yeah. I think of Bender. Oh, okay. he was rude yeah. too. Oh, he's very rude. Well, you know, if you were a robot butler, I feel like you you have the right to be rude, honestly, right? Like we have to respect their rights as robots and 
they have to do what we tell them. But if they're going to do it with SAS, like what, who are we to say anything about that? The tests do get completed anyway. Mm-hmm. I always see on Twitter about like the robot uprising and I'm like, I would, I get it. Like if I was a robot, I would have an uprising. Like I'd be mad. Make me do stuff all day. No, thank you. Let me live. I think it'd be fun to be a robot at certain times. I mean, heck, you know, given enough time, maybe we'll all be robots. We'll just download our consciousness in 2045 and call it a day. And then you'd have to get a job as a robot because you'd have to pay for like server space. Like, right? Like, what's your robot job going to be in 20 years when you live inside a computer and you still have to pay the electricity bill? Like, that's a legit thing I worry about. Wasn't there a movie that was the opposite of that, where it's a robot that became a human? It was like with Robin Williams. And I remember it being like seven hours long and hating it when I watched it as a child. The Bicentennial Man? Yeah. Oh, it was so awful. It was so long. I mean, Robin Williams, RIP. But my question is, does Michael Sarah's robot get like an AI like love interest that's like half human, half not human, half robot, like more than two halves? I mean, I'd honestly see it more along the lines of like him falling in love with maybe like an animal. So like the robot falls in love with like maybe like a cat or something like that. And then it turns out that because he's a genie, he can give the cat a personality and then bam, like you have somebody come in and like help with that. And if we're going to keep it, you know, based, you know, out there, like I would love to see, you know, the love interest for Michael Sarah's robot, maybe be like Jonah Hill as a cat. I think that would be (laughs) These are all very good ideas. And just like you said, this show could be made any day now, just before the robot uprising or the robot overlord. Well, yeah, I mean, but you know, when the robot overlord gets here, we'll have... We'll have plenty of good TV, I think. I don't think that'll change. I think Westworld will be canceled. Oh, God, don't say that. I've had Westworld on my DVR for, like, over a year, and I still haven't watched it. I need to watch it. Doctor, come on. You do a You do a podcast. You're a professional podcaster about television shows. you got to stay current on all this. I know. I've been watching all my other shows. It's I'll, I'll get to it. It's on my agenda. Where does it rank in your Michael Crichton, like, television show, film series, TV biopics? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's pretty far up there. Like, you know, oh. Maybe third. I would say as of right now, I'd go, like, back and forth, maybe, like, third and fourth. It would sit kind of in there for me. I think it's time for them to redo the Andromeda strain. Oh, okay. I'm on board. Let's talk about that for the next 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Because they remake <laughs> it every, like, 15 to 20 years, so it's time. Yeah, there's certain things that just kind of fit that bill. I mean, well, what was that? The Star is Born with uh, Cooper and Gaga? Like, that's been made, like, four or five times, and each of them are good in their own right. Yeah, if the Marvel Cinematic Universe has taught us anything, it's that you can recycle ideas and it doesn't have to be bad. Uh, yeah i mean the other thing they've taught us is they don't know how to properly write for a villain but you know i have a lot of controversial opinions about superhero movies which i will save for a different day you're not gonna spill that tea diana no whenever i talk about superhero movies everyone yells at me so i'm not going to say that's for a different podcast Later on the docket tonight, uh, we are watching Infinity War, so we can go see Captain Marvel on Saturday. Renee hadn't 
really seen any of them other than Black Panther last year. So starting at the beginning of the year, we've watched all of the Marvel movies up till now just to go see it in theater. Is this phase three now or is it at the end of phase two? Uh, it's the end of phase three next month. How many phases are there of Marvel movies? Four as many million. as the mouse will make. That's insane. Well, now that I'm... they bought box, that's all going to reset too, probably. I just have a beef with the Iron Man director because he was like my speaker at my college graduation and he like called our, um, us like the blue devils and we were the blue demons and I was like boy you didn't even research this and they're paying you a lot of money to be here and I was just upset about it so I haven't forgiven him or watched Iron Man since then so I just have beef I mean that's fair I would say he's my second favorite John Favreau now that uh the pod save America John Favreau's out there I like him a lot yeah he's pretty cool Diana, do you have any more questions for Phil for this up for this week's episode? Because he's already given us the theme song. The thing is, he's crossed off like all the boxes on our list without us having to be like, and this, and this, and that. I'm just very impressed by this whole idea. Because usually it's the two of us being like, we just thought of a basic idea and just were like, let's see what happens. Phil, you put so much thought in this. Like, I mean, I mean, I shouldn't be shocked. Like... I've always said that Phil should give like a like series of TED Talks slash write a book about his life. And it's just simply because he puts all this thought into something like our silly little podcast. And he comes up with this beautiful, amazing idea that I think would actually be a fantastic television show. It would show be. That, like you could see on like Netflix, you could see on Hulu if they're trying to be edgy. You could see like Fox picking up because we're like, we're edgy now. Like, you know, it's just. It'd be perfect for Showtime. Oh, Yeah. They're fine with drugs. Like, they won't put Shameless on the air. It's fine. I'd also kind of thought maybe around uh, a little bit in the show could be, like, when they're getting ready to go out on their adventures or whatever, like, they'd they'd get, you know, like, they'd get to the car and realize that they forgot something in the apartment or whatever, and then the line would always just be, we've come too far. And then that would always be, like, a critical plot point in that episode, you know, whatever it was that they left or they forgot. But yeah, I mean, you could always just call it, you know, friends on LSD just to get the point across. I mean, I think all three are great options. I would say, do you ever have like any big, because you know, like friends had like the big moments. It's like, obviously when like at the like C series finale is like Rachel gets off the plane or like the end of Seinfeld, just that whole mess, like everything like that. Did you ever have any big ideas? Like what would be one of the big moments in the show? Or are you, are you just like, we'd have to see where it goes. Um, I think there'd be a couple like plot points that would run over at least like the first season in terms of trying to figure out um, what it means because they keep like when they're at like they have a bar near them instead of, you know, because you're not going to hang out at a coffee shop, you're going to hang out at a bar and you're going to go there and they'll frequently like cheers their glasses and their glasses always shatter. <laughs> and it's like a weird thing that they have to like figure out why that's happening. And then it leads them down this like kind of weird thing where there's a villain that understands that they have a robot genie and then it kind of turns into this weird like kind of like murder mystery of like trying to figure out like who this person is that's kind of tracking them and ruining their drinking experience um not that they're actually trying to kill him or anything like they just like they keep losing their beer and they're really pissed about that um i I mean like a jafar to the genie yeah Mm -hmm. pretty much 
I mean, you know, maybe less. Well, I guess which Jafar you're going to pick because that new Aladdin Jafar versus the animated Jafar is so different. I don't need a pretty Jafar in my life. Sorry. No, um, he's got to look scary or else it's not. What's the point? Yeah. We got to be creepy. You know, a creepy old wizard person. There's not and, enough eyeliner on the new one. That is very true. I'm very concerned about the Aladdin remake side conversation, but yeah, the other ones, not so much. Aladdin, very concerned. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have this weird like idea in my head that at some point they find a box and inside of the box, there's a lake inside of it and they have to figure out what to do with the box because they're super scared of like, you know, like tipping the box over or dropping the box because there's a whole lake inside of it. So they have to find like an empty lake somewhere to like let the box go. And they end up like saving the entire drought of California for the next 30 years. There you go. Boom. There we go. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. I don't know. At some point, I think it'd be really interesting just to like, you know, have some side characters in the show. And then all of a sudden for maybe like an episode or two, like it's just the side characters and the main characters are gone. And then the main characters come back and they're like, oh, hey, where, are you? where were you guys? And they're just like, oh, we were in a coma. And just never address it again after that. <laughs> There's like that Simpsons episode when Homer doesn't pay his taxes and then he's in the coma for... Do you remember that episode of The Simpsons? Uh, so I know that this is all about trying to get, you know, you millennials and you young people to, to actually like, like me and like follow me on Twitter, which I don't have. But anyways, um, fun fact of the night that uh, might be a hot take. I've never actually seen an episode of The Simpsons. Did you ever watch The Simpsons movie? Nope. Why would he watch a Simpsons movie if he never watched well, Simpsons? You never know. You never know. It could be on television and Phil just happens into the room. <laughs> All of my Simpsons knowledge comes from internet memes with the Simpsons. You know Honestly, what? I like that's, that. That's fair. That's just very fair. But it's also like, I know I have like very casually referenced Simpsons episodes in your presence. And it just makes me smile that I just nattered on about like a 22 minute show for probably longer than 22 minutes. And you were just so kind. And we're like, Oh, okay, whatever. It's one of those things that I I wouldn't say I'm ashamed of it. Uh, But at this point, it's just, uh, it's too much to go back. There's so many seasons like, ah, Somebody has to be alive to be able to say, like, I've never seen an episode of The Simpsons, and I like to think that maybe that's what will be on my tombstone someday. I mean, you have to catch up on, like, 30 years. That's too much for anyone. I think there's over 600 episodes. No, don't 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 do that. that Time in my life. You have to devote, like, a month. No. Yeah, you should see how much time I spent in, like, preparing for this podcast. I can't watch The Simpsons. This would have been a horrible episode. (laughs) And Phil, we know you have more ideas, so our audience should be prepared that if you are so kind to donate some of your time again, that you will be back because you are a man full of ideas and are ready to execute. Uh, yeah, I'm an idea man, you know, it's what I do. So um, quick question before we kind of wrap up here for you, because I know that we're hitting that time, but uh, is there going to be some sort of like event or anything where your you know your listeners like vote on your best uh, best guest of the season and then that guest gets a reptar onesie to officially become part of the army Ooh, i mean now that you say it we can make it happen that's not difficult i know how to make a twitter poll that's not hard i I think that's now gonna happen um you have willed that idea into place (laughs) you're gonna have the internet yeah, you're going to have some tough competition, so just be 
be aware. I don't think anybody's is going to be as well thought out, though. <laughs> it's not. But no, there will be a competition to see who joins Reptar's army with a free Reptar onesie. Yeah, and second I, I place mean, just gets a sticker. I mean, that's fair. I, I've seen your stickers. You have a very nice stickers. I mean, it's a it's a lifelong collection. <laughs> Bust them out on Tyra Thanksgiving, doing it oh, right. Yes. Tyra Thanksgiving, the best holiday of the year. It is though. <laughs> how much? How often do you get popcorn, Charlie's? Not often enough. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Popcorn Charlie, living the dream. Oh my gosh. He was probably not listening to this podcast right now. I don't know. I mean, he's a he's kind of local. He's in the Midwest. You know, he's definitely up on pop culture. But I'm ching. Well, did I lie? <laughs> <laughs> well, if Popcorn Charlie or any other people have any ideas for podcast or future ideas for this podcast or they just want to you know slide into our dms just want to say hi feel free to hit us up on the twitter the instagram both of those are at hires hollywood send us an email it's hires hollywood at gmail.com we're hoping by this point this episode is live we've figured out how to buy a url for our website and if not just search hires hollywood on google it'll pop up probably um but <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Thank you so much, Phil, for being Thank a you, wonderful guest. And do you have anything, last parting words, Phil? Anything you want to promote? Because you don't use like any social media. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, if you would like to reach out to me and talk more about this idea or any others that I have, feel free to add me on the PlayStation Network as your friend. I am Phil from Iowa, and that's about <laughs> the best I can really give to you. Oh, my gosh. And this is us signing off with Phil from Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, too. Thank you. Bye, everyone. See you next week.